Gilbert, there's no goddamn script here. Jesus. Hello. This is uh, Gino Comporti, and I am pleased to tell you that uh, you are listening to the Gilbert Gottfried Most Colossal Podcast <laughs> Ever Done Anywhere, <laughs> except here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, I was a little bitty baby, my mama rocked me in the cradle in them old cotton fields back home. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with Frank Santo Padre, and this is what did I do? It's good. Keep going. And so, and this is uh, Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. Uh, That's Paul it. Raybone. Paul Ray, Raybone. Raybone, the jazz musician. Paul Raybone. You're in luck because I brought my Raybone with me, yes, and I'm going to play yeah. it later in the show. Wow. <laughs> Okay, let's. I I see where we're up. Paul Raybone. Raybone. My professional name yeah. from here on out. They had come and get your love was their big hit. <laughs> Raybone. Remember them? Hey, it's his gay porn name. It is. We are doing our fans by by, by our fans insist on it. Our 2017 in memoriam. Yeah. Episode. Uh, this this begins with people we we wish had died. In no, <laughs> these are people. Although Gilbert is being overcome with consumption, sitting about a foot away from me, so he may be the last name read. Uh, we're going to. We've done a couple of these now. Yeah. This is our third one. This is our second one with Paul. The first one we did at Gilbert's kitchen table, um, and the the listeners responded to them. So you know, a show like this that pays tribute to the past, it's only fitting. So uh, we're going to go through some of our favorite people uh, that we lost during the year. And uh, Paul has some, believe it or not, Gil, some vital research. Oh, okay. <laughs> vital, vital is the key. Well, we're he going, has some tidbits. We're going back a year, so I'm starting we're, in January. I started him on this, yeah. I started him back on last New Year's. I started him on this, predicting who we would lose. Let's start with our favorite... Um, and we'll try to keep this as reverent as possible with Gilbert in the room. You know that can be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I urge you to uh, to check out the uh, the episode that we did paying tribute to. Uh, <laughs> who, was, who was it now? Musicians. Well, David Cassidy, for one. Oh, no, that, yes, that's, yes. But that's not even what I'm referring to. There was, and I can't, I'll think of it, but there was one episode where we did a tribute episode. And, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Anyway, let's start with character actors. Yes. And that's, that's, uh, we love to talk about character actors on this show. We lost, um, Benson, Robert Guillaume. Oh, yeah. At the age of 89, recently. Um, had you ever met him in never, your travels? No, never All met him. All the sitcoms Robert you did? Guillaume. Yeah, never met him. 
I know he was one of those people, like, I, I think it became overboard with him where he felt really responsible, uh, you know, that he was a black person. Yes, and, I found and that in the research. had to keep the image. And and I think he, he went a little, you know, like a little much with it. Like, he didn't like um, Rochester on the Jack Benny show. Yeah, well, why he, it's kind of why he was perfect to play that part, because yeah. that was the polar opposite of, oh, of a step-and-fetch-it yeah. character. He was also a song and dance man. I don't know what you found about him, Paul, but he grew up in the St. Louis slums, uh, grew up without plumbing, without electricity, and uh, it was a hard scrabble life. And uh, he was the first Nathan Detroit in a black in the in the black uh, first black version of, of wow. Guys and Dolls, which I found interesting. He also was the first African American to sing the title role of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera. Did you find I that? had no idea that he was a musical guy. I had actually. no idea that yeah. he was a musical yeah. That's And that's odd. You find things out about yeah. these people when they pass. And yeah. I, read the yeah, that's right. I was reading some director said on Benson, they're all supposed to be sitting around the breakfast table. Benson Dubois. So, yeah, and they had like plates with pancakes in it. And he took offense to that. Did he? Yeah. That's interesting. He, you have to send said, me that. Yeah, he said... Uh, this is like Uncle Ben. Interesting. Pancakes. So he was very sensitive about yeah. about stereotyping. Uh, great in uh, Aaron Sor a short-lived Aaron Sorkin show called Sports Night. Uh, great in bit parts on a doctor on All in the Family comes yeah. to mind. Oh, very, very funny. And really, he stole that show, yeah. that show Soap, which was a well-written show and an ensemble cast, and he stood out, Yeah, mm -hmm. which was a credit to his, uh, credit to his talent. And I found out he was a folky. Did you well, find folks, that? Folks, he, folk he was a folk singer with a group called the Pilgrims. Boy, it's funny these guys had no idea. Makes, how do they how do you transition from I that? don't know. He was a multi talent and he never sat on his balls like Mr. Belby did. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll give him that. Well it's it's try it if you've never done it. <laughs> Here's a name. Here are two names, and I found this interesting because uh people confuse them because their names were alike. Uh two great character actors. John Hurt. The Elephant Man, the British actor, yes. passed away. And also John Hurd yeah. passed away in the same year, a couple of months apart, which I, I found odd. Um, but last year, the guy that played Cato from the Panther films died, and the Green Hornet died. Oh, So there's wow. the Green Hornet and Cato. But wow. um, John Hurt, Midnight Express, a movie that's come yes, up on this yes. show. Um, of course, the famous chest burster scene in Alien. He was also known for, but do you remember him as Jesus in Mel Brooks history of the world? No. When they're all posing for the last supper. And I think Art Matrano is the photographer. Oh my or is God. Playing, or is playing Da Vinci. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So he was, I didn't know much about him, but he, he also hung around with Oliver Reed, Peter O'Toole, Richard Harris. Oh I mean, yeah. This was oh, the heavy drinker, the heavy drinking boys, crowd. Bad boys game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's also great in a picture called uh, v, v for Vendetta. Uh, but you, a, but a, a, a Shakespearean uh, actor trained did, did at. Did you uh, mention? A, I'm sorry. Go ahead. A Man for All Seasons. Which yes. Is one of my favorite. Yes. Movies, Paul and, Schofield. And yes. He did some weird, unfunny comedy with Ryan O'Neill called Partners. Yeah. I believe, and he was a gay cop. Yes. Yeah, it was tone deaf. Yes. As I recall, boy, yeah. the things you when, remember. Oh, when, yeah. when would that have been? Roughly. Eighties. Uh, Eighties. Early eighties, yeah. maybe. He was tough as nails and a ladies' man. 
and his partner's gay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, according to this, Gilbert, he was in Thumbelina. Oh, my God. Well, everybody was in Thumbelina. Boy, so I worked with him and Gino Conforto. I think so, (laughs) unless it's a different version of Thumbelina. And none of you remember it. (laughs) Um, Because he did voice work for things like Watership Down and Thumbelina. He was knighted in 2015, and he's very, very good in a Death in Venice um, knockoff called uh, uh, Love and Death on Long Island. That people should see, but his career performance is is in the Elephant Man. Is oh, in, yeah, is in Lynch's and, Elephant and, Man. He's and, magnificent. And another bad movie. I remember him in. You're just gonna pick the pick yes, all the clunkers yes. as we pay tribute to the man. The poor guy is dead. <laughs> with uh, Judd Nelson. Wow, you've stumped me. Judd Nelson is like this edgy, wild lawyer. Oh, I remember this movie. Like something like. Stormy days, stormy so stormy Monday or something, something like that. A pun. <laughs> I know that that's it. Stormy weather. I maybe. Well, we'll have Paul look it up. And uh, Raybone, Bone will Raybone, Raybone. <laughs> and and it's like uh, John Hurd is a a brilliant but crazed killer. I don't remember this oh, picture it, at what all. Are we think it might be stormy weather or something. No, I don't know. Be. Just look up John Hurt. H-U-R-T, and Judd Nelson, yeah. two Ds. Not a good movie. Um, but uh, people, if you haven't seen The Elephant Man, um, I, I never had the, the pleasure of seeing it on Broadway, but that film, that, that Lynch film, produced by Mel Brooks. Oh, yes. Of all people, uh, it is, is just a performance that will... Uh, that I'm not an animal. I'm a human being. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. You, didn't, you never got an audition? Yeah. So we'll have to. Gilbert Gottfried is the Elephant's John Merrick. <laughs> wow, I'd like to live to see that. While he's looking that movie up, I'm going to bring up John Hurd, um, another guy who left us too soon. Uh, uh, what wasn't this guy in? The Pelican Brief, Cat People, oh, with Nastasia wow. Kinski, Big. Awakenings with Robin Williams. Yeah. Of course, the Home Alone pictures where he was the dead. A great movie called Cutter's Way with um, Jeff Bridges. Oh, yeah. Uh, who you, you guys you guys need to see that one. I'm going mean, to throw a lot of film He was in Big. He wasn't Big. As I said the, that. The pissy, oh, sorry, I yes, just the, said uh, that. Yeah. Ray Bone. Uh, well, I was looking up the other one. Chilly Scenes of Winter. <laughs> another good picture with him and Mary Beth Hurt. No relation. Um, great as a corrupt detective on The Sopranos. He did everything. 105 films and 67 TV series. Jesus. John Hurd. Yeah, a real working actor. And uh, I think his, the last thing he may have done was appearing on Ileana's podcast. Um, yeah. She, and there's a, there was actually a bittersweet story. She had to convince him to do the show, and he kept saying, nobody wants to hear from me. Nobody knows who I am. Wow. And she finally convinced him to do it, and he did it, and he had a good time, and he passed away oh. a, a couple of days later. And... Um, an actor I always love seeing in things, and he's yeah. in my beloved After Hours, Scorsese's picture. Which so I, I got some about. good stuff on John Hurt. Gilbert is partly right. He's always got part of these things. What is it called? The movie's called From the Hip. From the oh, Hip? Okay. But, that was stormy but, weather? But wait, no, wait. Here's here's the kicker. The lead character played by Judd Nelson is Robin Stormy Weathers. Ah, Incredible. Stormy you Weathers. are a savant. Robin yeah. Stormy If Weathers. ever I met one. That's a, that's a nice piece that's of work. That's a good one, isn't it? And their big trick, I'm a spoiler uh, now, uh, to prove, I don't know, to make him angry. You know, because he has to defend him, 
but he doesn't want to defend someone guilty. So he starts yelling out that John Hurt uh, couldn't get an erection. And that <laughs> makes him... It's, this is It's as bad a movie. You, the way I'm describing it is a better movie. You can do a tribute show like <laughs> <Yes>. nobody's business. <laughs> okay. He's defending, he's defending a guy. So the takeaway is do not see From the Hip right. and Partners, but do see The Elephant Man yes. right. and Love and Death on Long Island. But the, the one thing that might want to have you take a look at From the Hip is the the defendant here in one of these cases is a professor accused of killing a prostitute with a hammer. Oh, nice. that's it. You, yeah. don't, nice you stuff. don't see that every day. Yeah, nice stuff. <laughs> let me let me forge ahead here with some of our favorite character actors. And this this uh, this next one was in gay porn. No, yes. no. <laughs> I'm just jumping this, ahead. This, jump ahead. This, this gentleman died uh, uh, far too soon. This is um, uh, the late Bill Paxton. Yes. 61, uh. and that was sudden and unsurprising. And apparently he'd had um, he'd had uh, difficulties since he was a child. Had some uh, rheumatic fever oh. that weakened his heart, which I think was the same situation with Bobby Darren. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, From Fort Worth, another musician had a new wave band called Martini Ranch. I love that. As I said, you research these guys and you find all the cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. And he he remained very young looking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, James Cameron directed him in a music video for his band, and that's how they forged a relationship. And then two years later, he cast him in Terminator and then Aliens and he became like a star. A James Cameron theater company of one. Oh, my God. Which is Terminator, Aliens, True Lies. Aliens and True Lies. Right. Is he in True Lies? I guess he is. is, uh, Yeah. Titanic, you mentioned. Titanic, of course. He's a scientist. Of course. Uh, And And Big Big Love, which is not James Cameron. Big Love. Great, great show. Terrific show. show. I love him in a movie called One False Move, uh, which is a... um, a thriller that people should see. Apollo 13, of course, Tombstone, and a movie you like and have talked yeah. about, A Simple Plan. Very good movie. Yeah. Yeah. With Sam Raimi. Yeah, that was one of those movies that, you know, is, is one of those, like, it goes back to that, you know, um, a Treasure of Sierra Madre Absolutely, premise absolutely. Of, like, people who get wealth. And then it drives them out of their minds. Yes, it's yeah. a greed. It's a yeah. it's a movie about greed and, and bringing people down. And it builds mm-hmm. and builds, and everything that can go wrong is going wrong. Terrific picture. That and and great. Billy Bob Thornton. Bill, yeah, yeah, Billy Bob Thornton and uh, Bridget Bridget Fonda, Fonda and yeah. Bill Paxton. See that one. I had the uh, honor of oh, interv- and Gary Cole. I think Correct. Yeah. I had the honor of interviewing him uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, he directed a movie called The Greatest Game Ever Played, and the Writers Guild asked me to interview him, and he could not have been cooler. Yeah, He really was fun and sweet, and there was not a, not a, a bit of pre- pretense about him. Um, uh, he waved to JFK in the motorcade as a kid in Dallas. Oh, wow. Isn't that fun trivia? Yeah. A very, very lovely guy, and uh, the storm, storm chasers pay tribute to him. Uh, yeah, we he's had, in Twister, <clears throat> right? Oh, when he yeah. passed away, yeah. So they, yeah, there's a, there was a. We had talked about this yeah. ahead of time. They have a storm tracker website that they use to track storms in Oklahoma, yeah. and correct? Like, and also the storm chasers. And so a bunch of these guys went out to various locations in this area, turned on their GPS, so you get the little dot that shows where you are on the map. And they they all arranged themselves a certain way that they got BP they spelled his name spelled oh, his, his initials wow. yeah, I think his initials and they yeah. and they and they one of the guys said it was just we we just had to do it because it was the only time 
that storm trackers were ever seen as cool. Yeah, that's a <laughs> sweet know? tribute. Yeah. It was very it's nice. a sudden. I mean, a, gr- a great actor, a versatile actor, and and sixty one um, too 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 soon. Here's two Brooklyn boys and two favorites of Gilbert's uh, right here that we lost this year, both in their eighties. Um, Joe Bologna. Oh yeah, who we wanted on this show. Yes, and we talked about him, and we talked about him with Norman, and we talked about him with Bill Macy. And um, he'd been sick for a long time. Um, married his longtime spouse, Renee Taylor, on the Merv Griffin show. Oh, was wow. it? I, I saw the web. It said on the stage of the show. Was, was it, it actually the during of the, the show? Mer- well, now I could be wrong, but uh, I don't. Th- I don't think it was on the air. I think it was on the stage. Um, interesting guy. Started his own ad agency. Won Clio awards. Oh. He was an ad man. Did you know that? <laughs> wow. Like Dave Thomas before he got into yeah. acting. That was- yeah. Um, now. A bad show, actually a bad uh, attempt at a spinoff. Oh, he was in the Married with Children spinoff. Yes, That's yes. right. With, with, with Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Boy, <laughs> this is Gilbert, happened to him? Gilbert's contribution is he's going to find <laughs> all the turkeys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it was one of those Married with Children would do that a lot, where they try a spinoff, where Al would say. Hey, it's my best friend, so it's, yeah. and you go, if it's his best friend, how come we've never heard of him before? Right. You know who was one of one of uh, one of his best friends in the business was Art Matrano. He di- oh, he directed Art's one man show, and he was the guy that gave Art the title "Jews Do Not Belong on Ladders." Wow! <laughs> Which Art was here telling us about just a couple of weeks ago. Wow! He and Renee, his wife, who's still with us, great character actress, wrote "Lovers and Other Strangers." Yes, which is a, a scream, and. Um, the, the doctors who were treating him for cancer kept him alive long enough so that he could attend the 35th screening, uh, 35th anniversary screening of my favorite year, oh, which is wow. so sweet, which yeah. he's in the Sid Caesar part, King, right. King Kaiser, right. and he's absolutely wonderful. And uh, Dick Gutman, our friend Dick Gutman is his publicist, and we were working on it. I guess he wasn't well enough to do it, yeah. so uh, that was a big loss for us. And this one, too, um, some of these people really sting because we really wanted them desperately <laughs> And for whatever reason, we couldn't make it happen, and that's Martin Landau. Yeah, we we really wanted to talk to Martin Landau. We tried like crazy. Marin got him, damn it. And that's a good show. It's a good episode that Mark Marin did yeah, with him. Yeah, because he, he would have had so much to talk about. Brooklyn Kid and a cartoonist for the Daily News. And uh, a particular interest to Gilbert in uh, Ed Wood. He played the supporting role of Bella Lugosi. Of course. Oh right? yeah, he of course. The he won Academy the Oscar Award. for it. Academy Award, right? Yeah. yeah. And and uh, oh, Mission Impossible. Uh, he was great in Mission yeah. Impossible. Yeah, Roland Hand. Stoic, you know. Yes. Oh, with Alfred Hitchcock was that? Oh, it was. Yes, he played. Uh, he played uh, James Mason's uh, gay henchman in uh, North by Northwest. In North by Northwest, yeah. that he th- and, that was the thing that got him noticed. And I heard that. When he was making North by Northwest, he asked Hitchcock, he said, why did you hire me? What made you hire me? And because he saw him in a play where he hardly spoke at all. And and Hitchcock said to him, because there's a circus going on in your head. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I never heard that. Yeah. He turned down a promotion at the Daily News. He was a successful cartoonist, but he wanted to act. And so he auditioned and uh, for Actor Studio, and he told the story that only he and Steve McQueen 
Um, they were two of 2,000 applicants that actually got in. Boy, yeah. I, Can you just, imagine? Just hearing this, it just is a further kick. I know. I, doing the research, it killed me. I said yeah, to my wife, I yeah. do not want to research Martin Landau yeah. because I'm going to just sit here and I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a pain in my stomach. Because we were trying for him. Dick yeah. Gutman again was was really trying for Martin, and we 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 sent dates. I mean, it was close, and it just and then he just, uh, yeah. uh, just suddenly took a turn for the worst. Um, he had a dry spell in his career, a big dry spell. He wound up doing things like slumming on things like Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's oh, Island. Oh, okay. and but bounced back. Baps. Oh yeah, yeah. Real real low real low points, but but pushed through and made a comeback with Tucker. Yes, the American American Dream, uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors. Oh, he was which terrific! He's absolutely in that. wonderful, and of course, Ed Wood, written by our pals Scott and Larry. He's got he's just got great presence. I don't know if that's uh, another way of saying what Hitchcock said, but one they, of my favorites. He just yeah. kind of guy fills in, a room. In you know? Crimes and Misdemeanors, which is a part with a sympathetic killer. Yes, yes, which a wonderful was, movie. Yeah. That's not an easy thing to pull off. He was great right. in that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just when the show is starting to get good, we're going to throw a monkey wrench into the works with this commercial word. Live from Nutmeg Post, we now return to Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal podcast. Uh, here's another guy, um, no less memorable, different kind of character actor. Um, you brought up Big Love before, who we lost this year. At 91, Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, my oh God. My. Yeah. How about, Can we just have a moment of silence and say Paris, Texas? Paris, Texas, yes. that is one of my favorite movies <laughs> of the 80s. Uh, yeah, that's a great, great yeah. movie. And that was the, and that, at 58, he talked about how Paris, Texas put him on the map. Oh, yeah. And he'd been acting. At 58, yeah. He's been right. he's in the Godfather too, I guess. He's one of the FBI guys that's guarding Frankie yes. Pantangeli. Yes. But he was in everything. Yeah. He worked with Hitchcock. Um he was in Inner Sanctum. He was in Suspicion a uh, 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 series directed by Hitchcock called Suspicion. He's in Kelly's Heroes. And he's in Tulane Blacktop. Was he ever young? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about John Hurt. He's also an alien. He's yeah. one of the uh That's right. He's one of the oh, yeah. crew yeah. in Alien and uh He's uh I had one interesting tidbit here. He was in Cool Dan Luke. Yes, he's in Cool Dan Luke. Luke. But and he taught Paul Newman to sing I don't care if it rains or freezes as long as I got, got my, my plastic, plastic Jesus. Jesus. Oh so. wow. <laughs> he was working for for years before anybody and then Repo Man. Repo so Man, it was right. Paris, Texas and Repo Man. Yeah. Oh, this guy. Uh, and then Pretty in Pink. Yeah. And then Wild at Heart, and then he, then he, then he was suddenly a star. Yeah. After he was one of those guys that had like, you know, kind of America or the West just written all over his face. Yes, you know? I mean, he just absolutely a million yeah. lines yeah. in his face. Yeah, he was great. Um, apparently close friends with Nicholson. He was best man at Jack Nicholson's 1962 <laughs> wedding, and they lived together for two years after Nicholson's divorce. Now there's an odd couple. That's pretty close friends. I Imagine guess, doing the odd, going to see the odd <laughs> yeah, couple with Jack Nicholson and Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> Another guy who had his own band, Harry oh, Dean yeah. Stanton Harry and the Repo Men, <laughs> and they sang at Hunter Thompson's funeral. Oh, or, wow. or Harry did. I don't know if the band was there, but this is the kind of stuff you like, find. You know, yeah. Bill Paxton had a band. Yeah. Robert Guillaume had a band. You know these musicians, these guys that are kind of 
doing double duty. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, great character actors who really, really left their mark. And here's a couple of others, um, a, a short list of, of wonderful faces and people we wished we'd gotten on the show. Uh, Chuck Lowe. Do you know that name? Chuck Lowe was Maury in Goodfellas. Oh, my God. A local guy, New York guy. Um, he's in the King of Comedy. He's the guy making the faces in the background. Oh, when the, yeah. When, uh, so Scorsese must have, he must have been a friend or used him uh, several times. Uh, found in my research that he played in Goodfellas, the character Maury was based on a guy named Martin Krugman, who did own a wig shop, yeah. was involved with the Lufthansa heist, and his body was never found. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Stranger than fiction. (laughs) And speaking of Scorsese and tough guy character actors, Frank Vincent passed away. Oh, yes. Who this year? Frank Vincent, another one I would have loved to. I always, there's that one line in Goodfellas where, uh, you know, he's pissing off Pesci at the bar. uh, Billy Batts. And then he goes, yeah, I'm just having fun with you. Just breaking and, your balls. Yeah, I'm breaking your balls. <laughs> and then it, before he takes a shot, he's got the shot glass up, and right before he takes the shot, he goes, now go get your fucking shine box. <laughs> brilliant, He's brilliant in that movie. Well, of course, Pesci beats the shit out of him in Raging Bull, too. Yes. Because he's salvy, and he hits him in the head with the, uh, with the metal pole. He was Pesci's friend from childhood. He was Pesci's friend forever. Frank Vincent. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, they used to so call him Spit Shine Johnny. Yeah, make you shine like fucking mirrors. <laughs> was he, was he yeah. Italian? Frank Vincent sounds like one of yes, those. He was Italian. Italian. Yes, he was Italian. Yeah. yeah, and uh, speaking of Raging Bull, LaMotta himself passed away this year, too. Oh, yeah. Jake LaMotta. Yeah. But but Chuck Lowe and Frank Vincent, two guys from Goodfellas, two memorable, yeah. memorable faces, and just memorable New York actors. And and I remember that in the movie, like, what am I, a schmuck? What am I? <laughs> Schmuck on wheels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I he's want great my in, money. He's great in that performance. Yeah. Give me my money. Yeah. Maury. Um, John Hillerman, going all the way from New York oh, to Texas. yes. Another guy we chased. John Hillerman. And, and John Hillerman's one of those people born again as an Englishman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And was he ever young? Like yeah, Harry yeah. Dean Stinn, John Hillerman, uh, Blazing Saddles, and it, Paper Moon, and it's kind of like how Jonathan um, Jonathan Harris, yes, was you know Jew from Brooklyn, yes, but he became an English Shakespearean <laughs> actor. John Hillerman was a, was a or just a character actor you just love seeing. You knew yes. he was going to class up everything. I think he's in What's Up Doc. Um, well, I think we asked Pogdanovich about him when we had him here. Yeah. Paper Moon. Um, Billions. Of so good. Uh, would have loved to have gotten him. Obviously, we say all the time on the show, we can't get everybody. Yeah. And here's another guy we didn't get, and that was Richard Anderson from The Six Million Dollar Man and oh, The Bionic yeah. Woman. You know that actor? Died at 91. Oscar Goldman, who was also in Paths of Glory, oh. who had an acting career that seven days in May. Um, and of course, he got an action figure, the Oscar Goldman action figure in the forty-year-old version. You guys are, <laughs> I, 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 at least half these people you're talking about, I've never. You know heard this of. actor? You <laughs> yeah, ever seen the I, Six Million Dollar Man? Yeah, he was the he was the uh, he was the uh, what? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the the uh, the contact, the the the, right, the, the, the big man, the guy right, that the right. guy that oversaw everything. Oscar right, Goldman. That's right. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's in a million things. Yeah. Um, Michael Parks from Then Came Bronson. Oh, my God. Remember Michael yeah. Parks? Oh, absolutely. We saw him at Chiller Fest he, he a couple of years ago. He was one of those, you know, James Dean James Dean types. Like yeah, bad this. boy. Yeah, James yeah. Dean type. Like a poor man's Dennis Hopper. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Then Came Bronson, I think, was an easy writer. Uh, yeah, that's when they were all wanted the next fugitive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And great in Twin Peaks, the original version of Twin Peaks as a sleazy yeah, villain. I, I remember a chiller. He was already looking. Good actor, though. Who yeah. was he oh, in Twin yeah, Peaks? Very he good was actor. Jean Reno. Jean Reno. Yes. Was the, the jacks the one-eyed jacks. Yeah, he was right, the one-eyed jacks. Yes, right. he was the guy with the, yeah. with the, little, with the, yeah, the knife very, under his yep, sleeve. Yep. Rich is a great villain. Um, Glenn Headley. Hmm. Glenn Headley. Um, the late wife. Uh, uh, she was Well, she was married to John Malkovich. And she was one of the founders of Steppenwolf, the uh, the theater company in oh, Chicago. You know right. Glenn. Oh, okay. Glenn, am I saying her name right? Is it Glenn Headley or Glenn Headley? I think it's Glenn Headley. But look that up. I've never actually had to say it before or hear it. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, okay. She was Tess Trueheart and Dick Tracy. Yeah. Oh, You know the actress I'm talking about. Yes, yes. She was she was in a lot of stuff. Died young, sixty two. I hope I'm saying her name right. And since I'm not that far removed from bringing up Twin Peaks, I'd like to bring up Miguel Ferrer, who we lost. Oh, yes. Jose Ferrer's son um, mm. and a, fr- a really close friend of Richard Kind's, our friend Richard Kind. Uh, terrific actor. Robocop. And, and he worked and like Twin Peaks crazy. And worked in everything. Uh, he was a beloved guy. He was apparently also the, 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 the son of Rosemary Clooney. Oh, yes. And so yeah. he was show business royalty. Um a wonderful actor uh, for us Peaks fans. He was just memorable. And the since, best thing is the best thing about that show, and, Albert Rosenfield. And since I'm here to bring up bad things, okay, every one of our okay, you got a bad, or done, you got a bad Miguel Ferrer movie, Blank Check. Yep, I yeah. know that one. <laughs> that was he was going for the check. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but he was terrific. Terrific in everything, in he, everything did. he did, and funny. Yes, and edgy and funny in RoboCop. You know, playing a playing a sleaze bag, but doing it with a wink. Oh yeah, and the same thing um, on Twin Peaks. He played a uh, played a good guy, but he was a but he was a, a major asshole. <laughs> um, here's one. Did I get the spelling? Did the pronunciation of Glenn Headley right, or does it not have? It's H E A D L E Y. So it could be either. It way. It could be either yeah, way. But uh, our view, our listeners will will, will be tear me a new one. Yeah. <laughs> about it. Uh, Mike Connors died. Mannix. Oh, wow. He was 91. Mannix. We called him when we first started this show. Dara called him up and he said he was having back surgery oh. and he never got back to us. And we followed up and I don't know what the hell happened, but it would have been fun to have Mannix. Um, here's an actor I think you liked, Gilbert, and he did a lot of things. Powers Booth. Oh, I did like Powers Booth. He yeah. did this movie, Southern Comfort. Oh, good movie. Walter Hill. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was similar to Deliverance, but boy, it's a really strange film. Yeah, he did a lot of good work. He won an Emmy for playing Jim Jones. Oh, he the was, Reverend Jim Jones. He was in that great in that Guiana movie. He had did, this total presence about him. Did a lot of stuff. Um, Sam Shepard, the play, oh. the playwright, and I believe the writer of Paris, Texas, who helped. Harry Dean Stanton. Do I have that right? I don't know. I think Sam Shepard wrote that screenplay. I'd like to know that. I think that's true. Let me check that out. You can find that. Uh, Also a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Very good in the right stuff. What was the one, the early one, um, 
in Texas with the they lived in a remote farm and uh with Jessica Days, Lang? Days of Heaven. Oh, he's in Days of Heaven. Days oh, the Terrence Malick movie. Oh, How could I forget heaven. that one? Oh, oh my God, he's great in that. Oh, he's unbelievable. I love that, that film. Yeah. How could I forget? I'm kicking yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, Rance Howard, uh, Clint's father, oh, passed yes. away. Ron Howard, yes. the, the the patriarch of the of the Howard family. Uh, someone sent me some wonderful color footage. I guess it's 16 millimeter footage. Backstage home movies of the of the oh, of the Andy Griffith God. show. I'll share them yeah. with you. I put them on wow. Facebook. And you see Rance Howard throwing a football with the with the kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just great in Mayberry. Yeah, John, yeah. and Jim Neighbors is in there too. Wow. Um, and the last name on this list, and I, uh, nope, two more names on the list. Somebody we chased was Dick Godier. Uh yes, we wanted him, and I went as far as sending a letter to him. I wrote to him on his website. There was no response. It went on for weeks. We don't yeah. know what happened. He passed away, and it turned out he was uh, he was in assisted living. So oh, I don't know okay. that he was reading yeah. his mail. I don't know that he was able to do it. Yeah. We talked to a, we talked to Bernie Coppell about Dick. We talked to Barbara Feldon. Uh, Barbara Feldon about Dick. Norman Steinberg. Um, Jaime the robot. Jaime oh the robot yeah, he was hysterical. <laughs> Hysterically funny actor. Um, Robin Hood on Mel Brooks' Short Lived When Things Were Rotten. Oh my God. Um, in the original Conrad Birdie. Wow! And bye wow. bye, Birdie. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and uh, and a, an accomplished illustrator and a cartoonist. Another guy with uh, with additional talents. Um, he was one of the first people I wrote down. His name is still on the, the oh, piece of geez. paper hanging in my office at ABC, and uh, it didn't work out. But we would have loved to have Dick Odier, who I found out had a short. Uh, he was a he was comedy partners with Peter Marshall. For a while, did you know oh, that? No. Yeah, so we could have asked Peter. So about he him. was in two comedy teams, Peter Marshall. Yeah, yeah. I think he did something with Peter Marshall, where they wrote together, or oh, some geez. some such thing. And the last name of character actor on my list here, and I know we're going to forget people. So, oh, absolutely. Post and write in and tell us who we forgot and yell at us. But Stephen First from Animal House, oh, Flounder, yeah, yeah. um, and Saint Elsewhere, and I, uh, Stephen First. He was once on some talk show. Where he was talking about how fat he was and he could never stop eating. And he said he was so embarrassed about it. He would go into McDonald's and uh, he'd go, oh, let's see. Uh, He'd take out a list that he wrote and he'd go, oh, let's see. Uh, Greg wants the uh, fish fillet. And uh, Mark wants the uh, Whopper. And, uh, oh, he'd so make it seem like other people. He would people. make it like he was oh, getting it thing. for a party. Oh, poor yeah. thing. He died young, 63. Yeah. Funny guy. And was in one of the Animal House spinoffs, I guess Delta House it was Oh, called. yeah. Yeah. Very funny guy. I, end, I ended with him for a reason because Tim Matheson tweeted when Stephen first passed, and I thought this was so sweet. He wrote, ah, Flounder, you fucked up. You trusted us. Oh, wow. <laughs> Rest in peace, which I thought was just so perfect. Um, some of these people we lost way too young, like like uh, like Stephen First and, and Miguel Ferrer. And uh, uh, anyway, and uh, also Erin Moran uh, oh, from, from yeah. Happy Days and well, Joni Loves had, Josh. Uh, she, had a lot of, she had a lot of problems, yeah. uh, the, the the poor thing. So we'll move on from character actors and uh, let's talk about let's talk quick quickly and we'll try to get through everybody. Let's talk about directors. Uh, 
four names I wrote down. And again, we can't get to everybody in yeah. time, but we're going to try. Uh, somebody Gilbert lunched with, Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. Uh, I, I met him out in L.A., and I'm a big fan of the movie Life Force. Mm-hmm. Yes, you because are. Because <laughs> there's a an actress in it named Matilda May, <laughs> who's a female space vampire, and she walks she around naked. In all of her scenes, she's totally naked. And I was telling him over dinner I, how hot I thought she was. And he said, he invited me over to his house. He had a big screen what there. What a story. And, and he put on Life Force. I love that. I wrote Gil Lunch and yes. parentheses on my notes. And and he told me that Matilda May had to shave her bush for the movie. This is, well, <laughs> that is so sweet. She got ingrown hairs that were causing her a lot of problems. Oh, my God. <laughs> once again, once again, and this is the kind of tribute you will not you, see you on will TCM. Not, yes, no, that's right. You will not see Ben Mankiewicz. Right. Uh, she, was, she was sucking the life force out of various Londoners. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, we covered, we did a whole, oh, we did a whole yeah. episode the about life, the life force. force. That's what that's called. That's yeah. what that is. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. It's not a subtle <laughs> Of course, the thing that made him famous was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh yeah, and Leather Leatherface, based on the Ed Gein, the, uh, the oh yeah, the serial, serial real killer. life, yeah, yeah. He was a professor like Wes Craven before he uh, before oh, he made it wow. before he made it big. Um, so he, I didn't realize he directed Poltergeist. Poltergeist, too, which yes, indeed, with our see, pal James Karen. Uh, Poltergeist is one of those weird ones where I think it was kind of like how the thing had the one director who's listed. Yeah. I think it was Kristen. Christian Nyby. Kristen Nyby. Yeah. And, and, but everyone says, Howard no, Hawks. Howard Hawks yeah. was the well, they, well, Spielberg, they, they said that Spielberg, Spielberg came in. It was his, it was his story and he produced it. And, but he said, you know, he said at the time and, and has, has, uh, has state said it over the years that, that Toby Hooper was the, that it was a perfect combination oh, of, oh, okay. of of their talents. Friend of Mick Garris's, our our our, uh, our guest Mick Garris, uh, tributes poured in for Toby Hooper from John Carpenter and, and Stephen and King. And after I left Toby Ho- Hooper's house, I went back to my hotel and jerked off. That's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful what coda. A, what a tribute! <laughs> what a tribute! That I is. hope wherever Toby Hooper is. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot add to that except I, I, to say that he was a, apparently a very warm and gracious guy, and and uh, a lot of people very liked nice him. Very nice when I met him. A lot of people liked yeah. him. Salem's Lot miniseries too, uh, worth seeing. Uh, along those lines, uh, another master of horror, George Romero. Oh, George Romero. yeah, passed away at seventy-seven. That's a an real icon. Titan. Yep. Yeah, a real titan. Uh, uh, I, another I guy remember, who made his bones in low-budget horror, like hundred thousand dollars. I. I remember I I put up a tweet when he died, and I said, someone call the police, George Romero is eating my leg. Oh, I like that. (laughs) And George Romero, you know, if you're a part of this whole living dead industry, he's the creator. 
it all goes back. Oh, yeah, the father right. of the zombie movie. The Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's like zombies all over the yeah. TV. Now. Night of the Living Dead started yeah. it all. 50th year uh, anniversary, now, by the way. One of the things 68. I always thought was great about that is the damn zombies could barely walk. Yes. yes. And it should have been easy to run away from everybody, but, he, but it kept building and building, you know, to uh, yeah. the point where... And I remember I saw that with my sister Arlene when the theater used to be the Waverly Theater. Of course, on 23rd Street. And they were having midnight showings yeah, of that. It's still there, but it's not a movie theater. Is anymore. that on the east side? Yeah. East and, 23rd, yeah. And, and we went there, and at first it was standing room, and then we found two seats. And that was, like, so different. 114 mm-hmm. yeah. grand he made that movie for. Yeah. Yeah. The and other he, thing, I, I always wondered about Dwayne Jones, the the black guy. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, what's that about? But actually, according to some of the stuff I read in the research, a lot of people kind of dismissed it or didn't give it much thought, but he gave it a lot of thought. Well, he did because he saw those he, zombie he saw, movies as allegories. That's right. He was that's always, exactly like right. Dawn of the Dead. He was making a commentary about um, uh, consumerism. Right. Blind consumerism. And, and right. it's so Dawn of the Dead, it's like, it's it's one of those cases where, like the sequel, we talked about this. Where the sequel's even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's, because it's yeah. a combination of horror and comedy. There's more fun in Dawn yeah. of the Dead. Yeah. yeah, but even but even the original film, I think that he was there were themes about Vietnam and violence that he was playing with mm-hmm. because he said he didn't like torture porn because there was no context. There was no there right. was no undercurrent for it. Right. There was no, um, so he he had a lot on his mind. Yeah. They weren't mindless horror films. Yeah, um, he died at home while listening to the score from his favorite movie, A Quiet Man. Oh wow! <laughs> which is uh, which is sweet. Apparently, that's how Gilbert's going to go watching Matilda May. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Shave her bush <laughs> quietly, and then it'll appear in the New York Times. And we've he, he, lost he, famous character actor Shaver Bush. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him in the last picture show. Um, Shaver Bush. Yeah, from Texas, right? From the Lone Star State. He was in a band. Yeah. Before. Here's a director of one of your favorite movies, Save the Tiger. Uh, John Avildsen oh, yeah. died at 81. Uh, also, More famous for directing Rocky and the Karate Kid uh, series and a movie called Joe with Peter Boyle. Oh, oh yeah. A very controversial movie. Mm. Um, John Avildsen, they called him the king of the underdogs. In fact, there was a documentary made uh, about him. Did he do just the first Rocky or did he do something? The first Rocky, the first and then he stayed. He and Stallone stayed friendly, and then he did Rocky Five. But but Stallone said when he passed away, I owe everything to this guy. Yeah. Um, replaced on both Saturday Night Fever and Serpico, two films he was oh. going to direct. But he, he had a nice body of work. Do you remember a movie called The Stoolie with Jackie oh, Mason? Oh, yes, yes. I don't know this picture. Very peculiar film. It was based on a true story mm. about this small-time hood who they were. He was a stool pigeon. I tracked that down. Yeah. yeah. I always liked Joe. Um, John Avildsen. Uh, the, this, this, the documentary is very good, by the way, King of the Underdogs. Uh, I don't think there was a mention of The Stoolie in there. Jonathan Demi died, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, interesting reading an obit in Variety, and they said that that he was almost defined by his lack of a signature because his films were so different. Yeah. I mean, Melvin and Howard, which is a movie I love with Jason yeah. Jason Robards. Um, Something Wild. You know that picture? Oh, yeah. Melanie Griffith yes. and, Jeff, and Jeff Daniels and Ray Liotta um, as the heavy... 
born on Long Island, started with Corman. He was one of the, he was a Corman guy, a Roger yeah. Corman guy. Um, it's always amazing who came out of the Corman film. Oh, so many people, Bogdanovich and, and, uh, that'd be a good, that'd be a good show. Right Joe there Dante. Well, we've had two. We had, had, we had yeah. Bogdanovich and Joe Dante who were right. both graduates. Um, and to a lesser extent, Clint Howard, who yeah. was all, in all of those Corman things. Um, he had a bad example, a bad experience making a studio film called Swing Shift with Goldie Hawn and then decided from that point on he was going to make movies his own way and did everything. He did political documentaries, um, the, the Talking Heads movie, Stop Making Sense, yep. which is a masterpiece, really. He made a movie with Spalding Gray, uh, a, a film His version of one Sp- man, Swimming to right, Cambodia. Right. Um, beloved guy. Everybody had nice things to say about him. Um See those movies. See Melvin and Howard if you can, if you haven't seen it. Of course, Silence of the Lambs, people know. Oh, yeah. That was the yeah. thing that, that suddenly gave him uh, a, a big break- breakthrough. He was able to make anything he wanted. Um, but see, um, one of his last films, Rachel Getting Married. Very, oh, very good. Great, that's a great movie. Terrific picture written by Sidney Lumet's daughter. Oh, written by Sidney Lumet. The, uh, who's the lead in that? Uh, her name just went out of my head. Anne Hathaway. And Hathaway. Terrific picture. Um, uh, see see that. See uh, Something Wild and Melvin and Howard and his first film called uh, Handle with Care. Uh, a, a real artist. And I like Married to the Mob, too, yeah. which has a, a fun performance by Dean Stockwell and, yeah. and a fun performance from Alec Baldwin. He really could do anything. And those Corman guys amounted to a lot. Oh, yeah. They just showed up. They 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 were not bullshit. It yes. Was like... Yeah, okay, they knew what are we doing? A they, comedy? They we'll knew how to make a movie yeah. on a on a budget. Uh let's do a couple of TV icons here. Um two people from from an iconic show. Um Mary Tyler Moore and Rosemary. Oh uh, yeah, Rosemary. We just lost Rosemary. We were trying for. Boy oh boy did we. And I posted yeah. that on Facebook and we did everything in our power on yeah, that one. Yeah, we desperately wanted Rosemary. And our pal, our, our pal Harlan Bowl, who brought us Charlotte Ray and brought us Tippi Hedren and so many people, um, was, was helping and was trying to make it happen. Um, I don't know if it was a matter of she didn't want to do an hour show. Yeah. She was on Oxygen. Maybe she wasn't I, up for it. I think it. her health wasn't. It took a likely. turn for the yeah. worse, and uh, we couldn't uh, we couldn't make it happen. But God, that was another back and forth, like and, Bill Dana, and and she was like, I mean, she knew all these big time oh my God. mobsters like uh, Benzie. She uh, knew Bugsy Siegel. Bugsy Siegel. I think she real. knew. I think she knew Capone. Not movie mobsters, but real mobsters. real mobsters. Yeah. 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 She was a kid in vaudeville. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, she compare. Uh, the story goes that she complained about her paycheck to Bugsy Siegel. Oh my! <laughs> she was baby wow. Rosemary. Who signed that check, darling? Uh, <laughs> she did Doug Benson's podcast. Um, I think I think a lot of that stuff came up uh, with Doug. So maybe you guys can find that one because we didn't get her. She was a child star. She was baby Rosemary. She was a singing star at age five. She, I mean, this stuff we would have eaten yeah. up, and we tried. She worked with W.C. Fields, for Christ's oh, sake. She worked geez. with Burns and Allen. Um, uh, Rosemary Mazetta. And uh, from New York, of course. Um, I found this interesting, and I never knew this about her, God bless her. She was cut from the Phil Silvers movie Top Banana. Oh. Because she publicly refused the producer's sexual advances. 
Whoa. Ooh, How about wow, that for that's timely? timely yeah. wow. Back back then. Holy, and when, wow. So when was that? Back then. I'm going to say it was in the 40s. Wow. Um, I don't have a. You can look yeah. up the time. You can look up the date on the movie. Um, what was the what was top it? banana? It was a Phil Silver's uh, movie. The producer was 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 making overtures, not Phil Silver's. Yeah, <laughs> not not Bill, not Bilko. Let's, let's be careful. <laughs> but but I want to say too. What I, I read some uh, uh, women writers and comedians were posting all over Facebook how Sally Rogers, how her character on oh, the Van yeah. Dyke show, inspired them to go into comedy, and that was just uh, sweet. Yeah, she was uh, something else, and Gino, our pal Gino Salamone, had lunch with her. Has great stories. Maybe we'll bring Gino on. Oh yeah, with his Rosemary <laughs> stories. But God damn it, we tried. Yeah, and I um, and we are the we are the poorer for not having her. And uh, Top Banana was 1954. 54. I'm way the hell off. Yeah. Um. So uh, still, that's that's a that's a long time before now when all this yeah. is coming out. It's, and her co-star. We'll, we won't talk a long time about Mary Tyler Moore because we did a tribute episode oh, yeah. uh, about her with Bill Persky. Uh, 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 Bill loved her to death. Um. Uh, she, I, we've said this before and I'll say it again. She just doesn't get enough credit for being a straight yeah. man surrounded by funny people Oh yes, and setting them up. And she was funny in her yeah. own right. And, but she let Asner shine and she let Cloris Leachman's shine. Right. And a lot of actresses wouldn't have allowed yeah. some other women to be funnier than her or Valerie Harper, right. who was getting the laugh lines right. in those early seasons and Ted and Ted Knight and, and Sue Ann Nivens. She was generous and she was smart because she knew, I think Billy said this, she knew that that was going to make her successful. And, so it, let and people shine. It's kind of like I I remember there was an interview they asked Jack Benny, like, how do you feel about example. Mel Blanc and and Rochester, Don, Rochester, right. Don Wilson, Dennis right. Day, and his wife. Yeah, everybody's yeah. getting the laughs. All stealing the show from you, right? And Benny said, "I want them to steal the show from me." Because the next day, everyone will be talking about how funny the Jack Benny show was. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if, I, I don't know if she ever cited that personally or she or that's what she was she was uh, inspired by or modeling herself after. But if you look at that show and the Van Dyke show too, yeah. she has to play, she has to play straight right, yeah. a lot right, to funny right. people and like Reiner himself. Um so uh, and and Billy helped her, uh, and, and he was modest about it. But he and his late partner Sam Denoff brought her back after the Van Dyke show uh, was gone. She opened in Breakfast at Tiffany's on Broadway. Uh, I was going to say, you have that? Well, I have some. Yeah, it's, it's a because Mary Tyler Moore can do no wrong. I thought we should have one just to bring the show down. Yeah, one negative anecdote. She was and floundering. She was cast with Richard Chamberlain. Correct. They, they called it Holly Golightly, produced by David Merrick. Correct. Right, who closed the show after four previews a week before it was supposed to open out of consideration for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> and she was, wow. and, and, and the nature of this business, she was suddenly ice cold. Yeah. And Bill, December 1996. That is correct. Yeah. And that Elvis movie where she played the nun also didn't help. Yeah. Didn't do yeah. very well. Bill and Sam wrote a comeback vehicle for her called Dick Van Dyke and the Other Woman. Uh, a, a CBS special, which was terrific and got great ratings, and it led to CBS's interest in having her come in, oh, and it led to them indirectly led yeah. to the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. Wow! And she's great in dramatic roles. She's yes. great in ordinary oh, people. Yes. And oh God, ordinary people! Um, that was amazing, uh, terrific, and a movie mm. with Robert Preston called Finnegan Begin Again. I don't know if you guys know this movie. Uh, see it. It was an HBO movie, yeah. and it's brilliant. And it sh- they're both brilliant in it. 
And I'd also like to point out that she raised a lot of money um, for charity and particularly for yeah. children. And was a great New Yorker as or, far as or, I was ordinary concerned. Ordinary people was a shocker great that in she that. could yeah. play that kind of character so well. Never you know, bad in yeah. anything. Fun yeah. fun in a movie called Flirting with Disaster where she and George Siegel yeah, play yeah. Ben Stiller's parents. So <laughs> terrific in comedy. Um, so there's a couple of icons. Um, another TV icon of that era, Jim Neighbors. Oh, yeah. And Gilbert paid tribute in his own way recently to Jim Neighbors on the show. <laughs> uh, we don't have to go through that again. We don't again. have to go through that again. <laughs> Let me see if the timing of this. Okay, so they've already heard that one yeah, by the so, time they're okay. hearing this. This is, uh, this is the 15th <laughs> that this is running. <laughs> but here's some trivia. Uh, one of his first breaks, one of the first people to discover Jim Neighbors and put him on television was, drumroll, Bill Dana. Wow. Jim Neighbors was born in Alabama, Silicuga, Silicuga, or Salacauga. I don't even know how to pronounce this place. Our, our listeners in Alabama will get on my ass. Salacauga, Alabama, moved to New York. He was working as a typist at the UN. Very strange. And he was doing cabaret. And he was doing cabaret in a club called The Horn. He was in a band, too. Sort of. Uh, sort of. Uh, I mean, in the cabaret. There you go. Bill Dana saw him. Uh, I got this story wrong. He'd moved to L.A. He was doing cabaret in New York, but he moved to New- he moved to L.A. That's where the horn was, was on Santa Monica uh, or in Santa Monica. Bill Dana saw him, put him on the Steve Allen show. How about that? Wow. And not much came of that, but then Andy Griffith saw him in the <laughs> same goddamn club, Jeez. and the rest is history. And yeah. he was supposed to do one part on the Griffith show. But he was so good. He's supposed to do one episode, one episode. as Goober's and, cousin. And most of us remember him for saying, you're going to fuck Dolly Parton oh! and then fuck me up the ass. <laughs> that, was that a catchphrase that I didn't that's, know about? Yeah, that's they, why Andy they Griffith had lunch hired boxes. him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is sick. Uh, I think I misspoke. I think Goober came later after Gomer. I'll just chew anything I can to change the subject. Goober here. came later. Goober came yeah, later. Yeah. Yes. That's, that was the autobiography of Jim Neighbors. This is going to be a running it's joke now. Worse, we Frank. cannot eulogize Jim Neighbors. Okay, Goober I got it. came later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. And Floyd came right away. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's. <laughs> oh, that's going to turn up in your act. As long as we're talking about TV icons. Okay. Um, I was thinking, I was doing the notes on this, and I thought it'd be fun if we had people who remembered these people to come yes. on the show and talk about it, like Ronnie Shell to talk about Jim Neighbors and. And Burt Ward to talk about Adam West, who passed. But we don't have the time. No. Because each one of those would be another episode. You can't have somebody come on for three minutes yeah. and get off the line. Um, here's an icon, June Foray. Oh, my God. 99, the first lady of voice acting. I would have loved to have spoken to her. We blew that one. So, yeah. so she was Natasha. She was Natasha and on Bullwinkle, as we established. She That's was right. everything. She was everything. She was, well, she she was, she was Rocky. She was. Also, she was Rocky. Yes. yes, it's important to point that out. She was also talking Tina in that famous Twilight oh Zone God. episode. Oh wow. How about that shit? Awesome. Yeah. That's a great yeah, she one. Was, uh, she was great. She was Cindy Lou Who. Hey, sci fi just played that 
Twilight Zone. Oh, with Telly Savalas with hair. The marathon. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Cindy. Yeah. She was Cindy Lou Who and the Grinch. She was she was Witch Hazel. For Chuck Jones on oh. Bugs Bunny, she was Nell on Dudley Do Right, oh, and a million God. other things. And she did comedy albums with Dawes Butler and Stan Freeberg, and she worked with Chuck Jones, as I said, and Tex Avery and Walter Lance, and she worked with everything. She did everything, and uh, I even had the pleasure of writing uh, for her uh, when I wrote a couple of the Sylvester and Tweety mysteries later oh, in her career wow. in the nineties, and that was a thrill. She, she for had me. an eighty-five year. Career. She was insane, you know. And that I look at insane. this and I say, "You schmucks." She was ninety nine, and we never got her. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the, the other trivia point here: at ninety four, she came became the oldest person to what? Uh, parasail win. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper <laughs> came later. Bungee <laughs> <laughs> no. jump, uh, win an Emmy. The oldest person to win Is an Emmy. Is that true? At ninety four for Mrs. Cauldron God on the damn Garfield it. That's show. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, our friend Mark Evanier, yeah. um, ridiculously talented. She was close to Mark, and I think Mark put her memorial service together. And close with Leonard Malton. She was even friends with guests that we've had on yes, the show. Yes. And we didn't connect the dots. I don't know why we didn't call June Foray. Yeah, but that's, let, that's one of those horrible We won't make this a show about uh, regrets. Um, or that would have to be a whole other yes. series. <laughs> why don't we do a whole episode about how we fucked up? <laughs> yeah. um, here's a guy, Monty Hall. Oh, Monty yeah. Hall. Monty Hall, an Orthodox Jew. Gilbert, you would have yes. loved that. <laughs> Also Canadian uh, wow. from Winnipeg. Um, Monty Halperin was his oh. name. I don't know how it got shortened to Monty Hall, but uh, yeah, not only a game show host, not only obviously the host of Let's Make a Deal, he was a philanthropist, which I didn't know. He raised a billion dollars in charity in his a lifetime. A billion dollars. Oh, Can you imagine that? Wow. Oh, at least what I found wow. about amazing, him. Yeah. Um, also uh, produced game shows like Masquerade Party, Split Second. Um and in, and also in a memorable Odd Couple episode where Felix and Oscar oh, go, yes. go on the yeah. uh, go on let's make a deal funny guy um a versatile guy did different things and while we're on the subject of both game shows and kicking ourselves for guests we didn't get see if you know where I'm going here Gil we had um the Practical Jokers here yes and they told us please 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 if you get this guy on the show let us sit in and he was on our list yeah but. I think difficult to get. Oh. And uh, I hit wall after wall because he was a recluse, Chuck Barris. Oh, yeah. Mm. That would have been one of the reasons to do this show was to get Chuck Barris. And uh, when you do a show like this and you sit down and you design this show and you figure it out, you think, okay, who's going to be fun? Who's got stories? Who's the raconteur? Who's the character? Chuck Barris. Chuck Chuck Barris would have been one of those great shows where every story you go, is that true? Well, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yes, we lost game show impresario and CIA hitman Chuck Barris from Philly, uh, a renaissance man. He wrote Palisades Park wow. for Freddie Boom Boom Cannon. He wrote hit songs. What is this whole music connection we're I don't here know. They called him the Baron and, of Bad and Taste. Chuck Barris on the gong show, whenever there was a dog act there, like... He would, what he would do, 
is he would fill the crotch of his pants That's correct. with cold cuts. <laughs> so the well, that's dog an old trick from would start yeah. running over and sticking yeah. his nose yeah. in his crotch. And he'd be going, Hey, what what's going on here? Stop. Hey, stop it. <laughs> your Chuck Barris sounds a little bit like your your Floyd the Barber. <laughs> <laughs> he was nicknamed the Ayatollah of Trasherola, oh, wow. the Baron of Bad Taste, the Sultan of, what, do I, what did I write here? The Sultan of Schlock, uh, the dating game, the newlywed game. How's your mother-in-law? Hosted by <laughs> our former guest, Wink Martindale. The $1.98 beauty contest. Oh, hosted wow. by Rip Taylor. Oh, God damn. He was one of a kind. His daughter died, and he... Um, from uh, people I know that knew him told me that his daughter died and he was uh, never the same Oh, and uh, and retreated from the public eye. So I don't know that we would have gotten him. Yeah. But the day that I found out that he passed, you know, these little things flash up on my screen. And, you know, and I, I each one of is like a knife yeah. in my gut when we didn't get them. Uh, so running out of time, um, I think we should do comedians. Does that make yeah. sense? Comedians never die. We uh, we lost two giants uh, this year, but we did tribute episodes to them, and that's Jerry Lewis and Don yeah. Rickles. Yes. Um, so, in the interest of time, I will direct people to those episodes. Um, we talked. We didn't do a. Uh, we talked about Jerry a lot on the show, but we did a 90th birthday show about Jerry. Oh yeah. And we did a Rickles tribute that Frank Verderosa made some lovely additions to. Uh, some beautiful touches on that one, but we're going to talk about three guys. Lesser known than Rickles and Jerry Lewis, one guy, and I guess it's okay to say now, um, was our first guest on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Ever. Yes. And it became a mystery because we didn't want to say it while he was alive and we didn't want to embarrass. Yeah, that's one we've never broadcast. We never put it out, and that was the professor, the foremost authority. Uh, it's hardly a secret anymore because I've told 40 people on, on social media, and, but he was the first person we sat down to talk to in we, his apartment. Yeah, we interviewed him at his apartment, and afterwards we went to have some pizza. In the pizza store. store. Right? Yeah, <laughs> in the pizza store. And and I remember thinking and talking, saying, okay, you know, we tried a podcast. It was a, <laughs> it was a disaster. It was, a, you know, it, it, it was an attempt. Uh, it was just so, no, couldn't get the conversation rolling. What he was a hundred at the yeah. time. I think he passed at a hundred and two. Yeah, he he went from being uh, <laughs> funny mixed up to just mixed just, up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't, and God bless him. I mean, he was there. We came in. His son set it up and brought us into his his apartment. He was in the apartment forever down in the in the lower he east side. Probably paid ten cents a month. Yeah, <laughs> but but and he was game and he was sweet and he was nice and we told stories. But it it really wasn't. And 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 in his defense, and to be fair, you and I really didn't have any kind of no, mojo either. We no. didn't know what we were doing. We set up the equipment on his coffee table. We couldn't see each other, so there was no way for Gilbert and I to react. We had no idea what we were doing. It was very awkward. I yeah. remember it, both of us turning our heads to the side yeah. to look at him because we were sitting on a couch. It wasn't. Uh, it no. wasn't to be. And then I, then Dara and I had a talk, and we said, "Is this going to work?" And I said. Why don't we get a guest who's an automatic, who does the work <laughs> yeah. for us? And a, who, who was episode number two? Dick then? Cavett. 
Dick Cavett. Because well, I'm, yeah. I'm not stupid. Dick yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cavett. I have a lot of things, but Dick I'm not Cavett. stupid. Cavett's one of those click on the microphone. Yeah, we went. To, we got Dick to come over. Gilbert poured some wine. Dara poured, yeah. Dara poured out some wine, put out some wine and cheese, and he sat down and bam, we yeah. had a podcast. So this yeah. is a major reveal on the podcast. Yes. The, uh, well, first, we didn't want to embarrass the, the man. First yeah. guest. In case he was chasing work at 100. <laughs> but I find, of course, all these wonderful things about him. I mean, he was a he was a union organizer. I Maybe mean, he was a radical lefty. Oh, yeah. I mean, practically a communist if he wasn't a communist. Um, close friends with Lenny Bruce. Close friends with Tom, yeah, with Thomas Pinchon for Christ's Thomas, sake. Thomas, nobody's cl- close friends. with He nobody accepted even. a National Book Award for Thomas Pinchon. Really? And people thought he was Thomas Pinchon because <laughs> Thomas Pinchon was a recluse and they didn't know what he looked like. Uh, born born in the. Uh, uh, born in the clubs, I mean, uh, the character, the foremost authority, uh, the Hungry Eye and the Playboy Club. Now, where, um, where did we he did radio Ed? with Edgar Bergen, for Christ's wow. sake. Was he an Ed Sullivan guest? or? I don't uh, know. Um, I know that he's in a movie with Hope and Gleason called How to Commit Marriage. Oh, geez. You know this picture? Yeah. He's in Car Wash with Richard Pryor and George Carlin. In his later years, he used to solicit donations for from drivers. For, he, he for children in the third world. Cars. Yeah. You mean like those guys that sell things on Veterans Day and stuff? Yeah, you could research this. It's online. It's in his like time zone bit. Homeless man. Yeah. So weird. Around. Yeah, he would he would stand outside the, the midtown tunnel and and ask you to roll down your window and he'd have a, a, a bucket for orphans, for children in the third world, and he'd collect money and send them the money. He was a person of conscience. Interesting man and almost our first guest. Um <laughs> anyway, here's two guys we never got. Shelly Berman. Oh, yeah. Lost Shelly Berman. He was sick almost from the moment that we started oh. the show. Yeah, Shelly Berman would have been a great one. He was not in good condition. Yeah. But he was, um, when was he on Curb Your Enthusiasm? Because he looked Before okay. they shut that show down uh, a couple of years ago, we started the podcast in 2014, and we heard he was already right. uh, yeah. starting to fade, uh, yeah. unfortunately. Um, a, a very a brilliant guy did a play with Gino Conforti, who we just had oh, on the show. Wow. Um, the famous Twilight episode where everybody oh, looks everyone like him. Has his face, uh, yeah. And um, uh, well, he had that brilliant routine talking about how he's on the phone with his father. Oh yeah, I mean, wonderful. It was funny. And a monologist touching. back when back when somebody could sit down and do a bit and hold an audience with yeah. just a stool and. And do an hour, an hour and a half. And he was a compass player, which was the predecessor of uh, the precursor of Second City mm-hmm. in Chicago. And I I remember he has one where he's like a guy on the phone talking to a girl that he just went on a date with the night before, and she, you know, obviously didn't do well. And and one of his lines is, "Yeah, well, but when a man and woman are holding hands." How do you know which hand is the sweaty one? <laughs> Funny guy. Funny guy. See if you can find, I was talking to our fans, uh, uh, Shelly Berman's routines uh, online. Um, and I met him twice. You did? Yeah. Do yeah. tell. He was uh, one time. But you shared was, a publicist. Glenn, uh, Glenn yeah. was his publicist. I, I was in, uh, I think, San Francisco. He was uh, putting on a show, and it was actually about Jewish comics. I love it. <laughs> and and he was in charge of it. And he very nice man. And and then I ran into him later, which I would love. I don't know if someone recorded this. 
I was in Vegas and Larry King had on stage with him. Wow. What he called the founders of Vegas. And he had Shelly Berman, Jerry Lewis. Was Shecky there? Yeah, Shecky was there. <laughs> uh, I think maybe Phyllis Stiller was wow, there. Wow, what a show. Oh, yeah, it was an amazing. Oh, and George Carlin. Wow, what I wouldn't have given. Yeah. I worked with Phyllis Stiller. Did you work with her? Uh, I, I worked with her. She was a treat. Her. She was one of those. She was like. I loved her. A hundred and walked around without a cane. I loved her. <laughs> I had a great experience with her that I'll tell sometime on the show. Um, he was nominated for an Emmy for that role in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, was he really? Yeah. He was great. And I found this touching. Fred Willard wrote this on Facebook. I am outraged that the great, the legendary, the hilarious Shelley Berman has not been mentioned in any of the end-of-year memorial tributes. If wow. you don't remember him, Google him. Please Google him. He was perhaps the greatest of his time. Wow. Shelley Berman should not be forgotten. So his um, his peak would have been, what, 50s or... Uh, I want to say late 50s, 60s. Yeah. Or Shelley 60s. Berman? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, mid-50s to late 50s. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I remember him. I remember him as an actor. He was in a lot of stuff, too. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. in a Mary Tyler Moore episode with Gino Conforti. Oh, my God. <laughs> who we just talked to. And they always cast this. him as, like, a very prissy yes. guy. Well, he did that well. Yeah. He, he did it well. Here's one more name from the same era and the Playboy Clubs. All of these guys were were contemporaries. The three guys that I'm mentioning here: Dick Gregory. Oh yeah, mm. um, a friend of Ed Weinberger, another guy that we could have had come and talk about Dick if we could <laughs> do a seven yeah, hour exactly. in memoriam. We would have all these people call up and talk about. And them. I remember I met Dick Gregory at the U Hefner roast because he was like indebted to you. Oh, absolutely for cast uh, yeah. for. Yeah, the Playboy Club. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he segregated. I mean, segregated. He, uh, yeah. Uh, he integrated those clubs. Yeah. Um. He was he was instrumental in in Dick Gregory's success. Born in St. Louis, raised by his mom, moved to Chicago to become a comedian. Um. And we got that great story uh, when Patty Farmer was here about how he used to prepare to be heckled. Oh wow. He used to tell his wife. While she was ironing his clothes, his shirts to go on, he would tell his wife, instruct his wife, yell the nastiest epithets oh, at wow. me that you can because I, he wanted to steal himself. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. The great Dick Gregory. Uh, did a lot with his life. Um, Hefner, by the way, since you're bringing up Hefner, yeah. we also lost Hefner. Yes. Uh, this year. I didn't put him on the list because I don't really think of him as an entertainment a person. But boy, he was so important in the entertainment. But he was important in the entertainment industry. Um, this is an interesting thing about Dick Gregory. He refused to appear on the Jack Parr show unless he could sit and talk with Parr, and that wasn't done either at the time. Wow. They did not, if you if, if they had a black act on the show, he did not then sit down and interact wow. with the host, and he insisted that he do that. Um, also very active in the civil, in the civil rights movement. And he, he unsuccessfully ran for president, um, in 1968, he became a, a assassination conspiracy theorist. He wrote, he wrote a million books. Very, very interesting man. I he met him too. Involved in healthy diets. And he and did. He was a ve you know, vegetarian yes. and, yeah. a, and, a, a just a very, very interesting man. Um, a man of many talents and many interests. And I One, had the pleasure of meeting him. Some I saw found on, online in the research, somebody, I don't know who this was, but this could actually apply to a lot of the people we're talking about. Is this when <laughs> Dick Gregory died? He said, 
heaven just got funnier. Oh yeah, they it's say that a lot line. about yeah. uh, about yeah. it. They won't say it when Gilbert's gone. <laughs> <laughs> They'll say heaven just got louder. Heaven got noisier. Heaven just got Jewier. <laughs> uh, I love it. it. Calls to mind your Jewy love spice. It. Uh, the Jewy Always spice tops routine. me. <laughs> Always tops me. I want to mention three friends real quickly as we wind down. Um, my friend Jay Lynch died, and some of the people listening to this show will know Jay Lynch. I get a lot of questions about when I wrote Bazooka Joe comics, and I wrote for Tops. And Gilbert knows this. I used to write Garbage oh, yes. Pale Kids, and I used to write Wacky Packs. I have them on my wall at, <laughs> at, at work. It was one of my first. My friend Mark Newgarden who I went to the School of Visual Arts with, brought me in there generously, my late friend Russ Riley. I got to know Jay, who was an underground cartoonist and a legend and had been doing wacky packs and I think had been writing Bazooka Joe's since the 50s or the 60s or however the hell old they were. A real interesting guy, a genuine character. Uh, he worked for Mad too. You're a Mad fan. Oh, yes. Um, look him up. Look up his work. Uh, uh, underground comics called Bijou Funnies, uh, which he also edited. Uh, there's a great comics journal interview with him. Uh, he was one of us. Yeah. He was a fan of weird show yeah. business and weird <laughs> arcane stuff and could could do references like us, uh, make these kind of obscure references. Um, a sweet guy. I spent quality time with him. I wish I knew him better. Um, Jay Lynch. Um, Len Wein, I have to mention. Um, Len passed at 69, a mutual friend of mine and Mark Evaneers. Um, I've mentioned him, too, on the show. He was a comic book um, giant. He created Swamp Thing. He created Wolverine. Yeah. He created the character of Storm from the X-Men. Um, a lovely man who helped me in Los Angeles when I didn't know anybody, when I had nowhere to go for the holidays, uh, took me in. A funny guy. Uh, again, one of us. I mean, yeah. could top us. Yeah. Could tell you who the tenth actor was, <laughs> who was Fritz Feld's stand-in. He there's, knew radio. There's another one like you guys. Oh, Len Wein, you guys would have loved him. He introduced me to Harlan Ellison, which was a life-changing experience. I had Thanksgiving dinner at Len's house. His beautiful wife Christine took. They took me in. I was living in L.A. with yeah. nowhere to go for Thanksgiving. Uh, he was one of those guys that just knowing him made me feel legitimate. Oh, wow. you know, it made yeah. me feel like I was funny, and I was I was one of the crowd. He had me to a poker game at his house. I didn't play poker. You know, David Mandel, who wrote for Seinfeld oh, and yeah. Curb. Yeah. You must yes, know David. Yes, yes. David was was winning at poker. I didn't know how the hell to play, but the fact that they invited me, I was thrilled to be there. Uh, Marv Wolfman was there too, another great comic book guru. I love talking to him. I love knowing him. He was a, just just a wonderful guy, and and uh, I, I had the honor of introducing him to Whoopi, and they were both thrilled, and I think Whoopi was more thrilled to meet him. <laughs> um, so we lost Len at sixty nine. A lot of the obits mentioned Wolverine, who which is huge with the kids now. My kids are all over Wolverine. Well, you, know. you Jackman tweeted when Len died. I owed this man my career. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, which is you know maybe that was a little bit of hyperbole, but uh, also Jack Mendelson. Uh, I'll get through this quick. We have a special name at the end. Uh, Jack Mendelssohn was a Renaissance man, another Brooklyn boy, Gilbert. Uh, you would have loved Jack. He would have loved you. He was a Jew. <laughs> With the, well, you'd never tell by the name. You could yeah, tell by yeah, the name. Yeah. Jack, among his other uh, credentials and other cool things that he did, wrote Yellow Submarine. He wrote a Beatle movie. Oh, I mean, the Beatles wow. weren't in it. But it's still pretty cool. Yeah. A cool, cool goddamn thing yeah. to have done. 
Um, he was a cartoonist. He had a strip called Jackie's Diary, G-A-C-K-Y-S. See if you can find it. Uh, it was a Sunday-only strip that they ran that ran from 1959 to 61. You're going to love these credits. He was a comic book guy. He was a cartoonist. He started writing for Hanna-Barbera. He wrote cartoons for Paramount. He wrote the Abbott and Costello animated show. Oh, my God. The one but Abbott voiced. He wrote, will the real Jerry Lewis please sit down? Wow. Remember that cartoon show yes. with David Lander? Drew's a fan of that. He wrote Flintstones. He wrote Scooby-Doo. He went on to write live action. He wrote Laugh-In. He wrote Love Boat. He wrote Dick Van Dyke's variety show, Van Dyke and Company. Uh, I over- overuse the term Renaissance man, but he was. Um, and quickly, I was, uh, you know, again, floundering in Los Angeles, and I didn't know anybody, and I was holed up in a hotel room on Ventura Boulevard, and I was, I was... I only had two days left in L.A. that I could afford before I had to go back to New York. <laughs> and I was determined to make something happen. I made a bunch of phone calls, and I called my friends at Mad Magazine, and I said, is there anybody here in L.A. that I could meet or will meet me or have lunch with me or, or talk to me or read my scripts? And Nick Meglin. Did you know Nick, an editor at Mad? Oh, no. Nick was John Ficarra's partner at I Mad. I probably have met him. He answered the phone at Mad, and he said, oh, you got to call Jack Mendelson. I said, you know Jack Mendelson? He said, yeah, he lives in Sherman Oaks. He lives 10 blocks from where you're staying. I called Jack. I, I, you know, the guy I, I, whose work I had revered on the Carol Burnett show and laughing, he comes to the phone. He says, well, what are you doing now? <laughs> I went to lunch with him. He said, give me your script. I gave him my script. He read it and he called me that night and he said, you should be working. <laughs> he said, you got to move here. And my life changed. I moved to LA. I got an agent and I got legit yeah. quickly um, because of Jack Mendelson. And I, and, I, and, and he got me work. Yeah. And I wrote cartoons because an agent called me 48 hours later and said, Jack doesn't like anybody. So it's praise from Caesar. So we want to sign you. And I signed with an agency and, and I started to work. And, and that led to writing Saturday morning cartoons. And I got to meet June Foray yeah. and write for her. And, and wrote, I wrote a cartoon show for Spielberg. And it all came from Jack. Um, I'd lost touch with him. And I, I called him uh, two years ago. I called him up I, and I, I thanked him. And I'm glad I did. So... Last but not least. Oh, yeah. Uh, this, uh, my sister Arlene, Arlene Gottfried, uh, she was a photographer. Uh, an interesting, uh, well, you'd have to look her up on the internet and look at her books and the photos. Uh, she She loved the old New York. You know, the decrepit, decaying New York. She sure did. And you'd see these people like, you know, junkies or just pathetic people. But her photos were never critical of them. She never looked down on those people. And one time she was uh, taking photos of a gospel group. And she loved them so much she became... A Pentecostal gospel singer. Isn't that hilarious? And my mother started to call her the singing photographer. I love that. I love that. And and she, the whole Spanish culture. Well, like she captured Puerto New York Rico. as it was. Yes. She captured, a, she captured a whole different New York that will never come again. It's a really interesting point that, she, that you make, that she didn't judge these no, yeah. and you, and you quite see the, the opposite. Real, the real it, wistful side of New affection, York. The affection yeah. is in the, the pictures. The strangest people, and it was never looking down on them. Right. Yeah. 
Well, I think I think it's fair to say she steals your documentary. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, she does. And Neil yeah. Neil has been here and told us himself that he that that was a pleasant surprise. Um, that is there a Kleenex over there? Oh, I'll yeah, grab one. Yes. That Neil had no idea when he took you on that he yeah. was going to get the the bonus, the extra special bonus I, of of uh, of Arlene. That I mean, if there's one reason. I'm happy for doing that documentary is that Arlene got her time in the sun. And everybody discovered her. Yeah. You know, and everybody said where, where, you know, people knew. I mean, people knew people in the gospel group knew about her. People, uh, yeah. people in photography certainly knew oh, who she yes. was. Yeah. And um, she had said a couple of times, she said, they'll notice me when I'm dead. And. Sure enough, when she died, there was a beautiful obit in the New York Times. Beautiful. I urge people to, I urge you, people uh, to find guys, it. She lived in the neighborhood. You saw her every oh, yeah. day, almost yeah. every day. Yeah. yeah. A very sweet person, may I say. Very, very sweet. Much kinder than you. Much kinder. <laughs> <laughs> you got to wonder how they're related. Oh, so my God. <laughs> you ever meet somebody and go, this is your sibling? How is that possible? Separated at birth, left on the doorstep, lovely, and everything you're not. Enga- yeah. Engaging and real and authentic and 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 kind and ask you about yourself. Yes, a human and being. A human being. <laughs> In the most, in the most flattering and admirable sense of the word, I loved her the minute I met her, and she there was just affection, and and she treated me like, like a member of the family, and she uh, was she was here with us in the in the studio when we watched the documentary oh, yes. for the first time. Yes, I she was, was. so happy yeah. that she lived to see the yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to tell people to find Arlene's books. They are on Amazon. Midnight, Eternal Light. There's a great one called Sometimes Overwhelming. You can even find her singing. Oh, yes. Online, on YouTube. One of, yeah. one of the great New York photographers, no question. At, at, and one of the great New York photographers. At her yeah. funeral, we had a group of gospel singers and people from the black church who loved her. It was a great. Yeah. I have to say, yeah. it, you know, if 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 a wake, if a service can be, what an uplifting yeah. event it was. Yeah, it was a celebration yeah. of of a, and, of a life. I think they, she would have appreciated. I know that's a cliche. Yeah, one of them said like how original and different she was, and he said, "How else do you explain how a Jewish girl from Brooklyn?" becomes a Pentecostal gospel singer. And these yeah. singers, these people from her yes. gospel group got up and sang. Mm. Yes. And this, and this little, um, this uh, little, uh, what was it, A um, where we were, it was a little, um, yeah. uh, like a memorial. Yeah. Like a, we have yeah, a little memorial, memorial, little chapel. chapel. And they got up and it was, you thought you were at a revival. It was yes. amazing. Yeah. Look yeah. up her name on the internet. Arlene, R-A-R-L-E-N-E. Uh, look up her books. Look up her photography. I, I, I think, you know, I was looking, doing research for the show, and the New York Times had one long scroll where they basically had photographs and little write-ups of all of the VIPs that passed away in 2018. I used it for research. And everybody was there, Rickles and Jerry Lewis and Chuck Berry and Mary Tyler Moore and all of these icons. And I got to the G's, and there was Arlene Godfrey in that company. Yeah. I think she would have appreciated it. Yeah. But yeah, so that was a personal loss. Yes, and she was a great, and deserves to be mentioned with all of these other people. And I will say that Lily also stole the movie. Oh yes, 
<laughs> let's not leave her out. Let's 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 give her her due. And so, Arlene was there when my son Max was born. Was she? Yes. Oh, they never you never told me that. Yeah. Yeah. You named our, you named Lily and Max after your folks. Yeah. A nice tribute. There are so many great move moments in Neil's movie. Um, uh, credit to Neil. Um, and everybody associated with making that movie. But uh, the Arlene moments are my favorite. And the funny thing is, when Neil speaks about her, it's a lot more coherent and, than I am speaking about it. Interesting. He's so, yeah. She was a gift. Yeah, he, yeah. he loved her. Yeah, she yeah. Was a, and she was a gift to that film. And, and all, so many of her photographs are in it. Everybody I, I give the movie to, I'm going to give it to somebody at work tomorrow, ask me for it. Everybody I've shown the movie to or given the movie to says immediately comes back and says, I had no idea. Well, you too. It's a credit yeah. to you the way you come across. But I had no idea this was going to make me cry or yeah. be so touching. I thought I'd laugh at Gilbert shenanigans, but I didn't think that. I, and and she's, she's a large part of that. And the stuff with your mom where she documented oh your mom's God, passing in yes. photography, it, 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 uh, it's 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 something. She was she was a great artist. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, great photographer, this, singer, everything. Everything. So I, I urge people to to seek out her work. People wrote very nice things on Twitter. Yeah, and on Facebook when she passed. But 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 seek out her work, which is the best way to remember these people. Thank, and thanks to Arlene, we're able to end this show on a nice note, which we don't usually manage. Yes. <laughs> we were, That's we were a salient going to point. end it with Jim Neighbors. You know? <laughs> uh, so. Anyway, we, uh, uh, we, we, we miss these people. Their time will never come again. And uh, 20, that's, that's, that's 2017. It's why we do these, the, this show, to remember them. The ones we get, the ones we don't get. So, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. With my co-host and life partner. <laughs> you say that now. Yes. <laughs> With my life mate. Uh, Frank. You, know, you know it's legal now. Yeah, Frank Santo Padre. <laughs> and uh, Paul Raybone, the great jazz musician. Thank you, Paul Raybone. <laughs> it's okay, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for and listening, this guys. This has been our in memoriam and leave us alone. There's a lot of people we love. Yeah, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> See you next time.
Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast is produced by Dara Gottfried and Frank Santapadre, with audio production by Frank Verderosa. Web and social media is handled by Mike McPadden, Greg Pear, and John Bradley Seals. Special audio contributions by John Beach. Special thanks to Paul Rayburn, John Murray, John Fodiatis, and Nutmeg Creative. Especially Sam Giovanco and Daniel Farrell for their assistance. 